Here's some of the things that people are talking about for today. It's Thursday, March 2nd, 2023, and it is a palindrome. Yeah, today's date, 3223 is the same backwards and forwards. Doesn't really mean anything unless uh, you like that type of stuff or you want to have one of those special dates that you can remember. Um. Yeah. So, what is it? Twelve? Is it? Uh, I think it's December third. Is like a one two three two three thing. So, yeah. whatever. It's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, now, today is going to be the first palindrome day, and then you're going to have another one. I don't know. You got to you got to figure it out. Look at the calendar and see what's going to happen. So. Uh, maybe put some money in the lottery. I don't, I don't know. Uh, today is, uh, well, feeling like spring a little bit, but this weekend, who knows what's going to happen. But um, spring has kind of officially started, according to the meteorological calendar. Uh, climate scientists count uh, February 28th as the end of winter since they uh, break up the seasons by month and not according to the degrees of uh, the Earth's tilt, the equinoxes and the solstices. Uh, for everyone else, spring begins on March 20th. It felt like spring yesterday. When we were hanging outside, uh, Plinko was really loving just sitting in the backyard and walking around and enjoying it. He, he didn't even really need his sweater, which is great. Uh, here's some other good news. Uh, a daily walk can prevent early death. Just going on your early daily walk um, can save one out of 10 people from early death. Researchers in England figure just 11 minutes of vigorous daily activity is enough to lower your risk of things like cancer, heart disease, and dying early. And the key is to sweat and exert yourself, not just like a casual stroll down the street. So Plinko, we gotta we gotta step up our game and, and walk a little faster. Uh, you can do other things like swimming, jogging, even some dancing around the kitchen if you'd like. Uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, imagine paying thousands of dollars for business class tickets on an airplane, and your in-flight breakfast. Um, you ask for a vegan meal. But you don't really get a, a meal per se. A uh, Japanese airline passenger uh, claims that he ordered a vegan meal. But when it came, it was just a banana on a plate with the chopsticks on the side. The airline uh, told him that the banana was actually his quote unquote catered meal. While everyone else uh, got seared tuna and a ton of other delicious things. Uh, he just got a banana. Uh, now, he admits that it was probably the best banana he's ever had, but still. He wanted a meal, not just, hey, will you grab me a banana? Speaking of that, uh, today is Banana Cream Pie Day. It was invented in the late 1800s in the uh, least tropical part of America, the Midwest. Uh, bananas used to be considered exotic fruit. But by the 1950s, we were overrun with them. The banana cream pie eventually became the favorite among American soldiers.
I don't think I've made one uh, before. You know, I've had like banana pudding and stuff like that, but not the not the pie. Uh, if you have a recipe, feel free to share it with me. I would love that. Uh, today is also uh, Read Across America Day, celebrating Dr. Seuss's birthday. Uh, now, he would have wanted you to read a book today, whether it rhymes or not. Uh, some useless knowledge about reading. Not that reading is useless. It is very, very useful. Um, but some useless knowledge that you can, you know, maybe uh, interject into when you're reading to somebody. Uh, there is this, I did mention this a while back, that a sequel to How the Grinch Stole Christmas is going to come out in September. It's going to continue the story from the 1957 original, but it wasn't written by Dr. Seuss. Children's author Alastair Heim is behind the whole thing. He's written a bunch of Seuss-like books, including No Tooting at Tea and I Am the Cat in the Hat. So maybe he's up for the job. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. I don't, I don't know if there needs to be a sequel. I do like reading uh, to kids uh, like Dr. Seuss books. I like Green Eggs and Ham. It was one of my, my go-tos when I was uh, little and always when I was uh, reading to kids because it's a fun one. Cat in the Hat, another great one. Really a lot of the Dr. Seuss books, but there's been some really great books. That's what I love about the uh, the reading tour that we do because it introduces me to a lot of really cool new books and I get to go to the library and grab some great books and introduce kids to, to new stuff. That's what it's all about. Um, so if you want to be part of our reading tour, by the way, you can always uh, go to WSJM.com. We're going to be starting that up here uh, very soon and making some stops around Southwest Michigan. So if you have uh, grandkids or kids that uh, are in elementary schools around here, we'd love to read to them. You can sign up uh, and get us uh, in touch with the, uh, the teachers or the school, and we'll make it happen. So go sign up now. Uh, today also is uh, National Old Stuff Day. Good day to clean out the closet, dust off your desk, uh, toss out some of that old junk that you have in your garage or in your basement if you're me. Um, you don't really need all that old stuff, do you? Oh, and a good thing, too, is maybe try something new today as well. Uh, today's about breaking away from that same old, same old thing that you're used to. So give that a try today. Uh, this is a pretty awesome thing. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but uh, I know and this happens everywhere you go. A car alarm goes off, whether it be in the parking lot or right outside your door. And it just like yesterday, I think it was or the day before we were sitting watching TV and just bam, 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 bam. It was annoying. Um, and it took a while for them to, to shut it off. But this is pretty awesome. A keyboard player uh, may have done the impossible. He made a car alarm listenable by composing a beautiful song to play over the uh, incessant honking. Listen to this. That's going to be a hit. 
Honestly, I could see uh, somebody <laughs> doing that and turning that into a, a top hit song. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see about that. But now, uh, every time you hear a car alarm, just think of that song and it'll make you feel better. It's time now for Got Something to Say, where we talk to your friends and neighbors about things going on right here in our community, uh, local events, uh, nonprofits doing uh, great things, good programs that they have, as well as uh, fundraising and just overall awareness. If you are part of a nonprofit, hey, you know how important it is to get the word out to people and, of course, to get people to show up uh, for things for like volunteering or events. Sold out event would be good for you, right? Well, let's do what we can to help. Uh, feel free to reach out to me. You can be part of Got Something to Say, and we can have a chat. You can give me a call, 925-WSJM. That's 925-9756. Leave me a voicemail with some info. You can also email let's talk at wsjm.com, and we'll get the word out for you. Got Something to Say brought to you by our friends at United Federal Credit Union. We get you. My guest today is Jamie Brooks from CASA of Southwest Michigan. Jamie, how's it going? Going great, Johnny. How's it going for you? Going fantastic. Always love uh, chatting with you about uh, the great things happening at CASA of Southwest Michigan. But, you know, we usually talk on a regular basis, but maybe some people are hearing our conversations for the first time. So let's kind of reset everyone and let people know a little bit more about what you guys do at CASA of Southwest Michigan. Absolutely. Happy to share. The CASA program stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates. And what we do is advocate for children who are in the foster care system in our own communities so that they have everything that they need while they're in foster care, that they have a caring and committed adult by their side through the entire journey through foster care, and that they their best interests are served. Um, we have a really big system of foster care. We have lots of workers and attorneys and courts and services, and those are all really great things, but sometimes things just fall through the cracks. We know our kids are complicated. They come from really hard places. Sometimes their needs aren't known. So having somebody that visits them every week that really gets to know who that kid is, who's in their life, uh, what their successes are, what motivates them, what makes them happy, what they struggle with, the, all of that information can be shared with people who work on behalf of the children so that they can make the best decisions possible for these kids. So they get the services that they need and the help that will help them move forward. Yeah, and it certainly offers consistency for these kids and a little bit of mentorship. But like you said, the guidance of getting through uh, whatever's going on with the with court systems and, and stuff like that. Because, I mean, I know when I was a kid, I had no idea how that stuff worked. Uh, and, and having somebody that, that understands that and can help navigate is uh, certainly helpful. Plus, having somebody by their side throughout their journey is a pretty awesome thing. And we've talked about uh, in the past about how you have been adding volunteers and new trainees and new people to be part of CASA of Southwest Michigan. How many, you got some new ones in uh, in the surrounding area, is that right? We do. We are so fortunate that we are in the very last stages of training nine new, wonderful, incredible CASA volunteers who will be sworn in by the courts because we do technically volunteer, not just for the program, but sure. as part of the court system um, because we provide information to the courts. And they will be sworn in um, in Berrien County on March 22nd and in St. Joseph County on March 20th. That's awesome. That is great. And, and, and 
this program, this, these volunteers, they've gone through a pretty uh, rigorous uh, training uh, throughout. How long does it last? About eight weeks or so? How, how long is that process? It does, but that shouldn't scare anybody. Yeah. It is actually a 30-hour training, okay. and we break it up over about six to seven, eight weeks uh, so that we can chunk it out for folks and really provide them with the basic information that they need so that they can be effective in this role. So they learn all sorts of things, you know, basic stuff about how the legal system works, um, what's happened in, in families, why are these kids in care, and what's going on with the parents and the families and their other networks. But really, we talk about what's happened to our kids, what uh, trauma looks like, what are the impacts of trauma. We talk about kids and their education, their medical needs. So it's pretty pretty broad. It hits a lot of areas. Yeah. Um, and the whole purpose of that, like I said, is really just to provide background. We're not giving you a test. <laughs> there are no quizzes. We're not taking attendance. Uh, we want you to learn and be able to understand what you're walking into. Yeah, it's not like going back to college and having this uh, crazy exam in the end. But like you said, it is, uh, it's necessary to, and I think it's great because, you know, in some volunteer aspects of things, people are just like, okay, you can start tomorrow. And having that guidance and understanding before you you get right into it, uh, I think is is very valuable. And you continue to help uh, the CASA volunteers throughout the process with any questions and things like that. So it's not just like you get your certificate, you graduate, and then off you go. There's a constant contact with all that, right? 100%. We would never just train somebody and say, go figure it out. We have an amazing staff and they are highly professional. They have been working in this field for years and years and they all have different talents. And together, I think we make a pretty awesome team to help out kids. And we would never ask a volunteer to step into any role that was scary or that they weren't well prepared for. And that's why we have staff to work with them. And we're talking to our volunteers every week about what, what's going on and how we can help. That's awesome. And so now having these new volunteers, that brings you up to a, a pretty good number. But there's also uh, uh, still a lot of need and a lot of kids that are being helped, right? Correct. We are currently with these new volunteers, we are at about 60 new volunteers, 60 volunteers who are uh, CASA advocates in our communities, um, just in Sperian and St. Joseph County. We are always looking for new volunteers. So if anyone is interested, we conduct trainings about three times a year. And our next one will probably be somewhere around May, uh, you know, after Memorial Day okay. type time. Uh, awesome. But we're always looking for other types of volunteers, too. So if maybe becoming a CASA isn't right for you. Mm -hmm. You know, we would love somebody. We need a social media guru, somebody who can help us, you know, cover all these platforms and do it the right way. And if that's you or even your 14-year-old kid, we would love to talk to that person. Um, we're looking for people to help us plan events. You know, we have some staff, but we are a volunteer-led organization. And um, we we are uh, community-based and community-funded. And so events and things like that are really important for us. And um, again, always looking for new CASA volunteers who might want to work with our kids as well. That's wonderful. And if we want to get a hold of you and, and kind of start that process, if we do, you know, find a, you know something that might interest us, whether it be being a CASA volunteer or something like the Friends of CASA or any of these other uh, things, which, by the way, fourteen-year-olds probably know social media way better than any of us. So I think you're, I, hear ya. <laughs> I think you're on the right track there. Uh, how do we get a hold of you, Jamie? 
You can reach out to us by simply going to our website. Super simple. CASA, C-A-S-A, S-W-M-I, like southwestmichigan.org. So C-A-S-A-S-W-M-I.org. Um, our phone number, 269-934-3707. We love to talk about CASA. Wonderful. And I do want to talk a little bit more about the great work that you guys do, because I know you, uh, like you said, you you help uh, kids of all ages from uh, little kids to all the way to through teenagers. And uh, like you said, helping them throughout that journey. So tell me a little bit more about that. Do you have any stories you'd like to share? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we have 115 kids that we have worked with this year so far, um, which is about 30 percent of our foster care population. And about 30% of those kids are kids who are 12 and over, you know, are teenagers. And most of those teenagers are on the older side. Yeah. And if you think about what they have gone through in their life to still be in foster care at that age, um, they've probably been in care for a long time. They've probably had a lot of terrible things happen to them. And they are trying to navigate this world, find out who they are, sure. do all of those adulting things that we expect of our older teens. Right. And, uh, you know, learn to drive, get good grades, figure out who you are, you know, stay in healthy relationships, um, financial education. There's so many things that our kids have to navigate. And right. to do that alone is so hard. We've got lots of people in a system to help in lots of programs. But what we don't have is somebody who sticks by that kid until they're done with us. And, you know, one of the beautiful things about our CASA volunteers is that the court might close the case and that officially discharges the volunteer. But three times this week, we've had kids reach out to their former CASAs just for a, a quick question or I'm having a problem and I don't know what to do. And that kind of relationship just, you know, that warms my heart and, yeah. you know, tells me that, that what we're doing really matters. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's great. I mean, and like you said, that ongoing support, uh, that mentorship, the friendship for the kids to be able to have that, you know, welcoming uh, friend to be able to call and just have them, you know, help them out with those little things is very meaningful. And I'm sure these uh, these CASA volunteers, like you said, even though they're they're done, they gladly take that call and love to just check in and see how those how those kids are doing but this is really great uh certainly a fantastic program that you offer and like you said uh needs support as always from the community and whether it be volunteering or being part of the friends of casa or helping out with odds and ends of things to just make your organization run so again jamie if we want to chat with you and learn more about how we can help whether it be any of volunteering or monetarily helping you guys uh how do we go about getting a hold of you and, and learning more about casa because i know you guys love to talk about the great work that you guys do sure we are you know we appreciate anybody who wants to come and help us who wants to help fund us and the work that we do reach out to us at 269-934-3707 or at casa c-a-s-a-s-w-m-i.org Wonderful. Well, Jamie, always good to chat with you. Thank you so much for catching us up on all the great work you guys are doing at CASA of Southwest Michigan. Thank you, Johnny. And if you'd like to be part of the show, be on Got Something to Say, you can uh, simply reach out to me. Email let's talk at WSJM.com. You can also uh, call 925-WSJM. That's 925-9756. So if you are like CASA where you, you need 
people to help with events, people to help volunteer and be a part of a program, or really, if you just need funds, uh, hey, reach out to me. If you got fundraisers or uh, things going on, let me know so you can be on Got Something to Say so we can get the word out. Uh, plus, we can have a fun conversation. I always like uh, chatting with new people. Uh, e do those emails, make those phone calls, and be on Got Something to Say, which uh, happens during the morning show, but also in the afternoon at 5.30 after News with Andrew Green. And you can always check out the podcast at WSJM.com. It's all brought to you by our friends at United Federal Credit Union. We get you. Oh, we got the whole family in here. We've got uh, Jocelyn. Hello. We've got Plinko. Say hello, Plinko. <laughs> there you Good. go. You Good got a little, job. Got a little little lip smack in there. Um, Plinko is almost 16 years old. Yes, 103 in dog years. Pretty great dog. Uh, he's a small guy. Uh, for those of you that don't know, he is uh, about an eight-pound Maltese-ish. Yeah, about eight. I don't know. Let me, let me, let me do a little check. The angriest marshmallow. Yeah. Um, he's a quirky dog. Uh, he does a lot of pretty interesting stuff. Uh, I think uh, different than other dogs. Uh, he doesn't, he barks a little bit, but he makes a lot of interesting noises, what I wish he could just do right now. He's but, a grunter. Yeah, he likes to grunt. He likes to snort. He does that little pig noise. Yeah, we're, he'll be outside. We've got neighbor dogs, and he'll just go, mm, 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 mm. not barking or anything. He'll just go, mm. is there anything strange that he does? Because you, you would say you know him pretty well. Like, usually, like, you know when he needs to go to the bathroom and all that yeah, other I, stuff. Yeah, I, I can tell. Uh, is there any strange stuff that you can't quite figure out? Like, why I don't do understand that? the zoomies, and when we... You know, I guess when we Google Zoomies, it's just like, dogs get a sudden burst of energy. Okay, but why? Like, he's 16. Yeah. <laughs> Where is this burst of energy? It's like 10 p.m., 9.30 every night. He just wants to chase the rope and just Zoom like crazy throughout the living room. Yeah, but he sleeps literally yeah. all day. Yeah, if we're home all day, if I'm working from home, it's, he's just asleep. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, yeah, the Zoomies is in any dog. right. I, I mean, whether they're a puppy or they're 10 years old or beyond. And all the experts can say is sometimes they get energy bursts. Yeah. From what? Yeah, what what causes that? I do, but that's after like three pots of coffee. Right. Oh, man, I got my second wind. But this is a totally different thing. That is, I think, uh, when it comes to dogs, that's one of the, the really the one thing that they, it's just like a meteorologist. Like, it, it might rain today. I don't know. Right. Um, but yeah. Any other weird things that he does that you're just like, man, that's just, I've never seen a dog do that before. I, I don't have a Southern accent, so not really. <laughs> I've never, I never seen that before. That's I've a never weird seen one. a dog do that before. <laughs> um, he, well, he's my first little dog, so yeah. the reverse sneeze. Oh, yeah. Is weird to me. I mean, I'm used to it now, but. Yeah, for I don't know if anybody has dogs that do that. I know if you have a bulldog, this is diff totally different thing. That's just your yeah, dog that's has just a breathing, breathing. problem. <laughs> but no, he, yeah, he does this, and we had to look it up. Mm -hmm. um, we thought he was choking the first time, or he thought he had asthma or something like that. Like, dude, do you need like do I need to get you a sudden oxygen tank thing mask? Give you a little uh, CPR With the or something like that. Little oxygen mask. Oh, that would be so cute. He's pretty old. We might be uh, in the market for one. <laughs> I have always, uh, and this is one thing, he has uh, leg problems. 
Like, I don't know if it's arthritis or something like that, but we've talked about this multiple times. Is We cannot make him a wheelie dog just because you want a wheelie dog. I will say that is adorable. And I'm sure if you're a, if you're a dog, you probably love it because... You're unstoppable. You're unstoppable. I mean, literally unstoppable because there are no brakes. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, you've got, the, but you can go off road. Yeah. You, you've got this speed, sudden speed that you don't have to worry about. You're Could like, oh. you imagine him as a wheelie dog? Even now there are times where his back legs are too fast for his front legs. So if those were wheels, he would be going like 30 miles an hour. Absolutely. That would be awesome though. Um, but there's things you don't understand about your dog. A bunch of people asked uh, dog owners, uh, they asked them, you know, you know, what are some of the things they do? Some will say they don't understand why they, they lick constantly. They lick, they lick you. Usually it, when Plinko licks us. Uh, it usually means he has to go outside. Yeah, he has to go outside. Or he's hungry. It's just or he has to poop. He needs something. Absolutely. Um, and I think he probably has to go outside right now. So we might have to, to stop this uh, conversation for a little bit. But love to know uh, about your dog's weird quirks. I know there's some dogs that will sleep. I used to have a dog. It was my favorite dog before Plinko. Uh, his dog was, uh, I think he was like a corgi mixed with something else. Toby? Toby. Toby was a great I've dog. I've heard stories of Toby. He was, he had such a beautiful pattern. He had little white boots and he was a black and brown. Uh, yeah, looked kind of like a corgi. I think a corgi and I don't know what else, but it was about that size dog. He would sleep on his back. Like fall asleep on his back, Aww. and his little little boot paws would just be hanging down. Or there's times where Plinko just has uncontrollable coughs. He's old. I don't know if he's like smoking cigarettes or something like that. <laughs> when we're not here, I don't know what's going on. The baddest dog in the neighborhood. Uh, is it weird? And I don't think it's weird. But do you think it's weird when people dress their dogs up? With different outfits. I We put sweaters on him, but it's more about a necessity. He's always cold, yeah. He doesn't have an undercoat. But I saw I saw a picture or video of somebody that had a small dog, and the dog had a dress. A dog had, a, had like a bonnet. I think you get a little ridiculous when you put outfits on dogs like that. A bonnet and a dress, like a, like a Laura Ingalls Wilder puppy? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, like they were going to get in a... a, a, a a wagon and just go on the frontier, but they were probably just going outside or hanging out at the beach or something like that. Uh, what are some weird things that your dogs or should we even bring cats into no. the conversation? No, no. cats. Uh, what are some weird things that your dogs do that you don't understand? Let us know. 925WSJM. Comment on Facebook as well. Here's some of the things people are talking about this morning. We know with social media, it's harder and harder to, to limit not only ourselves, but especially our kids. Uh, there's so many uh, different social medias out there and kids have all these different devices and so many kids that I see that are just glued to their devices. And there's parental limits and things that you can do to kind of make that stuff easier and, and limit the kids. But now one social media uh, app is saying, hey, Let's uh, start limiting kids to one hour of viewing time per day. And that's TikTok. So uh, we know every 12-year-old's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
and young kid and teenagers like, no, 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 no. Let's not do that. But TikTok's doing it. They're uh, announced they'll start limiting kids to one hour of viewing per day. They're rolling this out over the next few weeks. So anyone under the age of 18 can mindlessly scroll through the videos more than six, but no more than 60 minutes. Uh, after the first hour, kids 12 and under uh, won't be able to keep using it unless a parent or guardian puts in a code to extend the viewing by 30 more minutes. Kids 13 and up uh, can enter their own code, uh, but they'll get still get alerts, uh, so they'll uh, have to actively choose to keep scrolling, and it'll become the default for all under 18 accounts, No, uh, not just the new ones. Parents will also be fed more info and uh, how much time their kids spend on, on there, uh, which... I'm sure it would be frightening, uh, and they'll be customizable uh, to be able to customize your kid's limit for different days. Adults can opt in, too, and get alerts. Now, TikTok says that they're doing this because they care, but they might really just be trying to get, um, you know, government and all this other stuff to, to say, okay, uh, we're okay with that because we know the U.S. has been talking about banning the app completely, Um and they're limiting it on uh, government devices and things like uh, that. Congress passed a law in December to ban the app on government-issued phones. Uh, the White House gave uh, all government agencies 30 days to comply to that whole thing. But this is an interesting conversation to have because we know social media has kind of taken over our lives with a lot of different things. We're spending in my opinion, too much time on it, uh, myself included. It's time, I think, we bring back the the real social media. Maybe, in, like, in order to get an hour of social media time, you need to have an hour of, like, a conversation with your grandmother or something like that, or you have to do certain tasks out in public in order to to get that uh, that that screen time, because you got to earn it. We I think we spend too much time in front of the the screen, and it's just yes, we can learn a lot of things from social media, but we can also learn a lot of stuff like, uh, I mean, really, anxiety for a lot of people uh, has grown because of well. A multitude of different things, but FOMO is a big thing, fear of missing out. You see all these people doing all these cool things, and you're just sitting on your couch. You start to question, am I really doing what I should be doing? Well, no, you shouldn't be on on social media for that long because it's, uh, it's, you know, takes up a lot of your time. You realize, oh, wait, uh, I've been spending way too much time on this. So we'll see if uh, more social media apps end up jumping on board uh and i think we're spending too much time on the internet so we uh we <laughs> come up with weird ideas here's a couple weird ones uh but it is a good question should we have time zones on the moon the european union seems to think so now the government uh the government over there wants to assign the moon its own time zone they're looking into establishing a what they're calling a common lunar time ahead of a bunch of international missions to the moon 
But it won't be easy. Time goes by faster on the surface of the moon, more than it does in a lunar orbit uh, because of gravity. And one lunar day is equivalent to a month on Earth. So there you go. A little useless knowledge for you about the moon. But it's something to think about when we you know, get to the point of colonizing the moon. Uh, we have to think about that stuff because what time is it on the moon right now? I don't know. Uh, and this is a very bizarre thing, something weird uh, found on the internet. You can now buy a jacket that looks like it's made out of human flesh. And it only costs you around 720 bucks. All you have to do is send in a jacket that you like. Uh, and the, uh, listen to this name, the Flesh Crafter. Uh, it's, it's featured on eBay. Uh, that doesn't seem shady at all. Uh, you'll get your skin jacket all made up uh, in about three weeks. So if if you really want to do that, you can. I will. I will say in my defense, uh, I I obviously would never never wear this, but I also do have a uh, fat man belly fanny pack that looks like my belly's hanging out. So. If you want a full-on human skin jacket, go right ahead. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. All right. Coming up here in just a little while, we'll catch you up with news, sports, and a whole lot more. But that's some of the things that you needed to know this morning. <laughs> I guess the things you needed to know and the things you really didn't want to know. But, hey, now you do. Your Moody on the Market update. It's brought to you by our friends at Insurance Management Service. Call IMS today, your local auto owners agency, with locations in St. Joseph and in Niles. March into creativity and imagination with 10 days of fantastic films and extraordinary talent during the Coastline Children's Film Festival. Beginning this Friday, uh, March 3rd, an opening night costume party ushers in filmmakers, moviegoers, and excited community members inside the Krasel Arts Center in St. Joseph. Now, Friday's festivities begin at 6 p.m., and guests can feast on popcorn or Swiss cupcakes during the evening while enjoying the music stylings of Waterville South Elementary's first grade choir. Come dressed as your favorite animated character, and you could win a prize for most creative costume. Uh, now, there will be showing uh, Kids Flicks 1. It's a collection of short animated stories by one of New York's International Children's Film Festival winners. And that will hit the screens at 7 p.m. Now, the films selected for this year speak positively to children and families and include award-winning films that have been screened all over the globe. That's what the folks at Coastline Children's Film Festival tell us. Um, 13 years ago, inspired by the Eight and a Half Foundation that was founded by Tilda Swinton and Mark Cousins to make great films available to young people everywhere, we were inspired by their idea and it became our manifesto. So for 10 days, we provide countless sources of inspiration for young people in our community. Now, there's uh, great things uh, happening on Saturday, March 4th as well. Uh, you can catch Gather. Uh, and Kids Flicks 1 at the Friends of the New Troy Community Center at 1130 with music by Brandon J. Woodcox. Uh, that'll happen beforehand. There's an entire day of film showings. It'll feature uh, at New Buffalo Township Library where two dozen short films by young filmmakers will fill the space with wonder starting at 1 p.m. with donuts from Red Coach Donuts in Stevensville and coffee from Red Arrow Roasters in Harvard. Uh, there's also... Uh, 
Uh, things happening at the St. Joe County Public Library Story House in South Bend. That'll show Ron's Gone Wrong at 2 p.m. And the Crasell Arts Center will show Kid Flicks 2 uh, at 2.30 p.m. Audience members will vote on the entries of the Coastline Children's Film Festival Young Filmmakers Competition. And awards are given to the first, second, and third place as well as honorable mention, audience favorites, and Michigan's best. You can view all 12 submissions on March 4th and 8th, and the Coastline Children's Film Festival has had over 500 film submissions since the very first Young Filmmakers Competition back in 2013. Admission is free for these films. Donations are most welcome. The festival would not be possible without the generous sponsors and grants that the Coastline Children's Film Festival acquires every year and support of the Michigan Council for the Arts. If you want a list of every film and its showing time, location, and all of the events planned during this uh, 2023 festival, you can go check out their website, coastlinechildrensfilmfestival.com. And if you want to check out that full story, get some more descriptions, locations, and all the other good stuff, check out that full story by Moody on the Market contributor, Jocelyn Tuzinski at MoodyOnTheMarket.com and the Moody on the Market app. Your Moody on the Market update brought to you by Insurance Management Service. Call IMS today, your local auto owner's agency with locations in St. Joseph and in Niles.